we're living in a post-COVID, uh, not a post-COVID, in a COVID-19 world. We have to wonder to ourselves, how are we going to survive post-COVID-19? What are some of the innovations that we require, obviously, to get to that particular point? And on that, uh, I'll be speaking to Kuni Middle, who is uh, the founder as well as the chairperson of, and I'll tell you now, Middle and Partners uh, founder on the team that was uh, uh, that's working uh, on a, on a couple of interesting uh, platforms, digital platforms dealing with COVID nineteen. Kuni, good evening, and thank you for joining us this evening, man. Hi, good evening, Gushwal, and your listeners. Great to be with you this evening. Awesome stuff, Kuni. So, Kuni, I mean, looking at uh, you know the world, it's 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 something that keeps on coming up. You know, it's a, it's a world that's irrevocably going to change. It's uh, it's the new reality that we have to live with, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and um, you know, how are we going to prepare ourselves? How are we going to be able uh, to cope with what COVID nineteen has left this world with? Whether it be similar situations or situations like these that uh, repeat themselves on a regular basis? You know what? Um, the interesting about the world is that we are continually, um, we've, we've seen some hardships over, over centuries. And COVID has just reminded us that even a modern civilization, uh, that we, you know, there's no certainty when it comes to a, a future of the world. You know, and, and if you think about um, this pandemic and the concept, you know, the impact of it right now, but mainly the impact that it will have and the consequences that it will have into the future is certainly certain things that everybody around the world is grappling with those, with those, you know, with those thoughts and say, what's going to happen next? We do know that, um, that there will be a new normal. Mm. And if we just think about, you know, what's happening around the world and what's happening in South Africa. In actual fact, South Africa is only at the, really the, the we, we haven't reached our peak. And, but, but that peak is just in the pandemic phase. The, 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 the after effect is going to be quite severe, unfortunately. And therefore, we have to apply a total new way of thinking uh, in terms of how we're going to address the future and, 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 and come, you know, and, 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 and do something that's, that, that will help uh, as, mm. as, as a collective. So obviously we always have to think in terms of solutionist thinking, coming up with uh, uh, solutions for particular problems. I mean, what are some of the problems that we are facing in the post-COVID-19 world? And then obviously we can start having the conversation around what are those solutions in turn. But what are some of the problems that we are facing? Well, I think, you know, if you think about that, I call them frictions, you know, and, and, and when you have frictions, then you've got to try and find the type of solutions. Now, at the moment, as you know, that we are, we, you know, how healthcare systems um, is under pressure and will be under significant pressure in the, in the coming month or two. Um, you know, that's one. And we, if we look at the challenges in terms of the economy, uh, work losses, is, you know, our economy was already in, a, in dire. And now with COVID, we are seeing thousands of people losing their jobs we are seeing lots of companies, SMEs, SNMEs, small businesses that are going under. And um, it just think about that. You know, every person that loses a job is obviously can't look after his family and would either become becomes more dependent on the state. Um, so yes, we are we are we are we are facing a significant crisis in terms of education um, and and obviously healthcare. You know, we we. We're not even thinking yet about 
people that that have that gets the, the the virus, many of them will suffer a post um, other consequences, healthcare consequences that we don't even yet understand, um, and therefore the, the the pressure on our health system would even be more so than than, than in the past, etc. And then therefore it needs a very different approach in terms of coming with solutions because doing things as we've used to do them in the past is not going to help us. We need very, very different thinking approach. I mean, that's that's the one thing that keeps on coming out, uh, you know, on, on a regular basis. So now I see that here, the, you know, that there's this uh, platform called Foth Innovation, which generated 748 ideas that have been filtered down to uh, the five world first exceptional solutions to address the most pressing challenges faced by communities around the world when it comes to COVID-19. Food call is the one that stands out for me uh, in, in, in first place there. And this is around the idea that it's, it's not sort of an Uber Eats uh, platform. It's not a uh, Mr. D platform for uh, you know people who don't feel like cooking tonight and ordering some food in, but much rather the fact that the reality is for many people across South Africa, if not across the world, their incomes have been so severely impacted that now they have to resort to, to assistance for something as basic as food. Absolutely. You know, the thing is that, that um, there are so many people that, that, that are needing food right now and, and the, the problem will escalate even further. But the, 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 the sad part of this is that, you know, when you're trying to solve something like uh, the needs of food, you know, people are, and governments in particular, and, and people are, are, are generally, you know, everybody wants to help and government wants to help. But the point is that when you, when you put a solution on a table that hasn't been thought through properly, you're actually fact um, creating a lot of waste. And the current food program the government's created, unfortunately, is, is a lot of waste. Um, because the fact that if you think about it, people are standing in lines and in rural areas waiting for trucks to arrive and food parcels to be handed out. If you think about the logistics, you know, uh, cooling of, of food, um, uh, you know, the buying, the purchase of food, et cetera, and then transporting it. And then, so the effectively you are bypassing all the existing infrastructure that you have. Food is not new and getting food to people is also certainly not new. And what you're doing in a sense, you're also cutting off the heads of the small little spaza shop, et cetera, that's been supplying food. And therefore government now also needs to help those small little businesses at the end. But, and therefore that's where innovation, that's where the beauty about food call is, the fact that actual fact, it's a simple voucher system that you could use and that you could buy on the internet or government can actually like hand out these vouchers and those vouchers can actually like be redeemed at participating little shops that even the spaza shops or the supermarket and actually like it's a much more dignified way of getting, getting your food because the old and elderly people that are standing in line in the cold and actually like is, is at more at risk now by the fact that they are in these lines waiting for food, et cetera, and when is the truck's going to arrive, et cetera. So food call is certainly an international um, uh, solution that, that just uses technology in terms of, you know, uh, getting a, a food voucher in the hands of somebody that they can actually have to redeem, et cetera. So it's a, it's a very unique and a very um, uh, effective way. In actual fact, our studies have shown that the way that government's delivering food at the moment has at least got a 40% loss in terms of the money that's being pushed into it. So 40% of the cost that's incurred 
is going into logistics and transport and all sorts of things. But actual fact, all the, that infrastructure already exists, you know, so you're bypassing it. And therefore, that, that's not innovation. That's certainly, I can, uh, you know, uh, we, we're very thankful that government is, is helping, trying to help people. But if you think about how many more people can we help if we just utilize, if we, if we think about it more innovatively, et cetera, and, and utilize, oh. utilize the funds. More, more no, it makes absolute sense because all that you do is then you use that platform to, as you said, get uh, what the Americans would call your food voucher. I mean, your food voucher, what the Americans would call your food stamp. And that's what you access your, your basic needs with when you get to a store. So in other words, you redeem that. And, and we know that we're using our cell phones uh, these days to, to, you know, transact and to do payments, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, gone are yeah. the days for the need for us to prepare the food, pack it onto a truck, as you said, deal with the cooling issue and the uh, packaging issues, etc., etc., and then go and then deliver it to a group of people who are not social distancing, no, don't have enough masks, uh, and so on and so forth, and then you know increase the risk ultimately. But now let's look at um, uh, TechScout.org. I mean, what does yeah. TechScout.org do in terms of finding these solutions, these technological solutions, yeah. and in turn, how do we then bring it to the people? You know, it's it's a tech scout is, a, is also a, a unique uh, offering, um, and there's a huge digital divide, not only in South Africa but in Africa and and the world. You know, and working you know in this project, we work with eleven countries, and therefore we wanted to find solutions that that's relevant for developing and developed uh, nations. You know, and and but in and and right around the world, you have a lot of people that just don't digitally enabled to be able to 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 communicate. Or, or, or to utilize digital tools, right? So TechScout is an initiative to say, you know what, with these tools that we have, like Zoom and, and Microsoft Teams and lots of other uh, uh, products, we can actually fact train people uh, digitally um, very easily and very cost-effectively, right? And the way that TechScout is designed is that the users, the end users, would get this offering and training for free. Now, how it works is that you know, we're rolling out to, to, to cities in Italy as an example, where the city have, have, are, are committing to say, we want to offer a city, we want to offer free training to our, the people that stay in our city. And therefore, they may be available either people that just got a computer that can either log on to it for free and get online training, or making available what we call tech hubs, little small little places where there are computers where, where participants or people uh, that stay in the city actually can go to and actually get training digitally in terms of all the type of digital tools that you have. Now, for example, if you look at a city like Johannesburg or Pretoria or Tuane, etc., you could literally train thousands of people by having one trainer, one trainer training thousands of people at the same time. And, you know, if you think about training in the past, you had to go to a certain place, you need to travel there, and, and a lot of the costs have gone into the physical space, and you can only train X number of people. And utilizing these digital tools, et cetera, and online tools, um, you could literally train thousands of people, actually, fact, empower a lot of people um, with all the type of, you know, skills that they need in terms of Microsoft or design or, 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 or you know, the, the, the programs mm. that they need, and that they could actually, like, generate revenue themselves, in a sense. You know, so unless we start training masses of people, we are going to leave a lot of people behind in terms of, you know, development, et cetera. So Dexcad is actually making sure that, that we can actually, you know, if I, if I started to do a course tomorrow, 
I could literally train thousands or hundreds of thousands of people in one go because I could connect all, as long as they have access to a computer or a phone. But, and I think that that's where local government and municipalities can play a massive role in helping their people in this. So if you think about, you know, if you think about how many people is employed by a municipality mm-hmm. um, and, and what it costs. But if you take one person that could actually fact train people electronically, you could make, you could change the lives of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And that's what we need to think about. How do we think about uh, really making a jump in terms of the training of people? And, and that type of education should be for free. And that's what the type of city should actually fact offer. Empower their people. Because when people are empowered mm. and they can work for themselves and they can generate revenue through that, then they can pay for the electricity and they can pay for their rates, et cetera, et cetera. So cities must actually fact take a much more proactive approach. And that, that's why we are, we are rolling out these things out in Italy now in two cities um, whereby those cities are saying, okay, fine, we want to we help our citizens in our cities. And by helping them, actually, fact, we, we, we're creating opportunities for them to, to generate revenue and that would help us in, as a collective, you know, more taxes and, and et cetera. So, so uh, yeah, mm. it's good. Let's talk about universal teacher. I mean, since we're on that note of, of education and the role that it can play, because one of the key things I think that COVID-19 has taught us is obviously the fact that even schooling and education will have to definitely rethink. Um, I'm looking at my own situation on, on the domestic front. And right now I have a five-year-old busy trying to, uh, you know, do uh, his curriculum through Zoom meetings. Um, he's uh, just returned to school on Friday for the first time. Um, I think by the 6th of July, he'll be going to school every two days or two days a week rather um, and, and, and so on and so forth. But at the same time, um, you know, it's, it doesn't make things easy because part of his curriculum and a significant part of his curriculum needs to be done at home and via technologies. But then the sad thing is not every single kid is in that position, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And what you're raising here is so valid in the sense that, you know, parents aren't equipped to, to teach their children. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're not trained. Far teachers. from it. Even, Far from it. You know, exactly. Parents are hardly trained to be, to be parents, never mind being teachers. <laughs> you know, so, 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 you know, and I think that, that um, you know, I think that, that the reality is that the whole schooling system has just been, um, it's long overdue for, for renewal. And uh, we've been working with a lot of educators again around the world. It's not just a, a, a problem in South Africa. It's, 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 you know, as I say, on this project with 11 countries, everybody said, listen, absolutely the same for them in Germany or France or Italy. And the key is that, so, so what you're finding is with COVID, what, is just, what, is, what we've seen now is that more so than, 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 than even in the past is the fact that learners and teachers are, are you know, disconnected. You know, learners, you're sitting in a class, in the past, you sat in the class, you were listening to the teacher, and that teacher is not even digitally skilled, properly digitally skilled, and therefore you get bored, etc., and then you, your mind wanders somewhere else, etc., because you are told to be quiet and listen to the teacher, etc. And that, in that way of teaching, is, 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 you know, is, is, is very dated, because information today is freely available on the internet, etc., and actually like, teachers should become more facilitators than what they become in terms of, uh, you know, uh, teaching you something because, you know, the information is out there. But the key is that, so universal teacher is about helping teachers to reconnect with the learners Mm. and to create online content that engages uh, the learners. Because teachers, when they are trained at universities or colleges, etc., 
they are trained to be in classroom teachers, and which is a, which is in a sense dated, you know, because they mm. not they're not trained to be, to facilitate that thought. They they are trained to children. You keep quiet, and I'm going to tell you something instead of we. With, I'm facilitating in group work. But the key with universal teachers is to try is to give teachers the advice that they need to reconnect with learners, mm. either in classroom or out of classroom. And out of classroom means creating engaging videos and material that children find stimulating. Because I mean, we know children are on their phones and they're working with their phones and they know mm. they are actually much more digitally skilled than the teachers. And that's where the huge disconnect is, you know. And I guess that's one of the key things because uh, obviously engagement is easy when the person is right in front of you because you can say, hey, Johnny, sit down, keep quiet. Um, you know, refer to little classmates to answer questions, etc., etc. But I guess when you're delivering a video class, especially one that's not necessarily interactive, it makes it a little more tough for you to be able to be that, A, that interactive, and number two, uh, for you to actually have uh, that level of engagement and have young people listening to you. Absolutely, you know, and you're saying such very relevant things. The fact that you know teachers, you know, if you think about children in school, their concentration spans about seven to ten minutes in terms of research. You know, and therefore, when you're making digital content available, you should be making it and producing it in a way that that we, where children are engaged and they can keep their concentration. But also, the key with that is the fact that when you're creating the right type of content children can watch it again and again. So the, the ones that are a bit slow and, 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 and didn't have a good teacher last year that's still trying to catch up has got the ability in actual fact to watch these little videos or online content again and again. And the ones that are really, uh, you know, that, that are, that are ex, you know, exceeding and doing well, etc. well, they're great for them. But you see, the key is that we should be concerned about the learners that do not really want to learn, that are, that are not connected, that are not engaging. You know, uh, uh, children that are high performers in a sense, you know, we, we don't have to worry too much about them. We need to worry about the ones that, why are they disengaged? Why are they not interested in learning? In actual fact, I don't think it's the child. I think it's more the teacher, and, the, and I think it's more the environment. And therefore, we, 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 we need to, to help teachers, in actual fact, um, get more relevant in terms of digital tools and, and to be really uh, inspire children. Um, because teachers do want to, to help, but they want to inspire but they don't necessarily know how and et cetera. So universal teaching, actually, in fact, trying to, 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 to make that connection and with mm. utilization of tools and, and, and other, other, other means. You know. So it is a, it's, it's also, it's got to do with animation. It's got, it's got you know, and I think that, that you know, if you, if you just think about one very important thing, and that's why it was called universal teaching. You know, the current system is as follows. A good teacher, I mean, I'm sure that I could recall in my school days, I had certain teachers, only a few, that was absolutely marvelous. And they were like, really like guided me. But the sad thing about it is the next year then I got somebody else and the next year I got somebody else. And, the, and so therefore good teachers are only reaching a limited number of learners a year. The 25, 30, 35 learners in a, in a, in a class. Now if you think about the good teachers, excellent teachers, that could reach thousands of learners around the world because they, maybe their content is online and learners can watch it. We will make amazing changes to the world. If you think about, you know, every child need, needs a great education. And if we can bring the, what I call the superheroes, the super teachers, uh, to the homes of every child through digital medium, we will have 
we will have we will have a lot more people that are more, lot more educated that will help the world because if we don't educate people we'll have things like the refugee crises and things like that and people that depends on others so so each it's so our responsibility all mm. to make sure that children get their rightful place and that they that each one gets the same opportunity and we would have to use so if we have a good teacher how can we make that teacher's learning and teaching so much more effective. And that's what, that's what is so beautiful about this project, you know, is that we could be, we could be so, so much smarter when it comes down to education. But at the moment, we're building schools and we're building a lot of things and we not, we, we, we're putting the money into, into buildings and we're putting our money into other things and administration and, and all sorts of things instead of actually focusing on the teacher because that's the one, that's the person, actually, fact, that's the superhero. Yeah, the super teacher. Actually, exactly. Let's talk quickly about um, COVIDbusters.org. Now, this one just sounds absolutely uh, awesome in, in in terms of the name, just sounding really cool. Yeah. Um, what 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 is the aim and purport of that? I mean, that for me is, I guess, anyone in everyone's dream, eh? Yeah. You know what? You know, we we when we said about the name, you know, we said. Who are you going to call? You know, the famous movie. Those busters, but this time it's COVID yeah, busters. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you think about, if you think about the COVID busters and those, you remember those gremlins and all those, those those ugly little things that these ghost busters had to go and kill. You know, and that's exactly what the COVID busters is about. Actually, fact, it's it's an international body setting the standard in terms of how do we manage COVID? How do mm. we how do we address this thing? You see, because Companies on, you know, the big, big thing, companies, uh, people are now going back to work. Now, mm. and you need to know that your business, uh, the employer, is looking after the employees. Because if you're creating an environment that's, uh, that's risky to your, to, to your, to your employees, and they go home, and, you know, and we, I mean, we, we're seeing the deaths, et cetera. We're seeing the, the rise of, you know, uh, of deaths around the world. And therefore, the COVID bus is actually back to say, listen, here are the international standards in terms of what you should do and what you should not be doing because it's new for everybody, okay? And therefore, the fortunate thing about the COVID bus is that the re- one of the reasons why we work with so many countries is that we specifically selected countries in Europe that was far ahead of South Africa in terms of, of the pandemic in the initial stages so we could learn a lot from them in terms of what's happening and what's working and what's not working, etc. So the COVID buses is bringing about a standard of say, this is how you need to treat your work environment when it comes down to, to COVID, the management of COVID, right? So that's international standard and, and certification. But also, it utilizes um, sophisticated apps. Yes, there's mm. lots of apps around in terms of... But it's, it's, it's utilizing also apps that are that are health and wellness orientated. Because again, we're sitting with a situation saying, okay, what do we do after COVID? Actual fact, no, there's, there's, lots, there's going to be lots of health issues with employees. And, and I think employers, you know, the, the most valuable assets that the company's got are, are the people. And when you look, you need to look after the people. And how do you look after people? You have to, in these days, have to utilize technology to see how are, are the people coping with in their wellness? You know, psychologically. You know, are they are they you know depressed? Are they are they lonely? You know, how are they feeling? If, if, if you if you know how well your people is physically and emotionally, you know, it's like you know, 
then then um, then you could do something and you could prevent certain things from happening. So the COVID buses use utilizing technology, and then the further part is that. Uh, we've been rolling out the, the mobile testing units in, in, in the Netherlands. Now, as I give an example, the problem in many countries, like South Africa, for example, you're feeling ill, you go to work, and the employee says, listen, your temperature is a bit high, I think that you should, should go, to a, go for testing, and now you jump onto public transport, or you're driving with somebody, and you infect somebody on your way in terms of go, to go for the testing. And so... It's not so productive in terms of, well, it's, it's, it's very uh, dangerous, actually. So the COVID bus, is, uh, what we're trying to do is to get these mobile units whereby if you're not feeling well, they would come to you and they test you where you are, at your home, etc., and identify if you are, you know, if you're positive or not, etc., and to prevent you from, actual fact, uh, you know, you mm. know giving the, trans- transferring the virus to somebody else. So it's in, innovative ways in terms of, uh, helping people in terms of to manage this this uh, this, uh, this this virus. So so, so so Kuni, as a final thought on this, um, and then we'll leave it there. The the one thing that always stands out for me is you know that uh, today you know back what uh, before Google was actually a thing, say twenty years ago. Um, if there was a website, there was a website, and you know everyone sort of new and, and you sort of sort of took a guess so COVID-19 if it happened 20 years ago I'm pretty sure that people would just try coronavirus.com COVID19.com until such time that they came across a platform that served their needs in today a day's world where we awash with all kinds of information online it's easy for things and very valuable tools to get lost is there a central depository where one can access the stuff and ultimately pick and choose what you require. If it's educational needs, you, you get those educational needs there. If it's, um, you know, getting health assistance through COVID busters, um, or, you know, then you get it there. How, where's that central repository? Okay. So the central repository is that to make it easy for you is that, that people can go to visit our website, which is www.middlemiddel.co.za. So M-I-D-D-E-L.co.za. And then you go, just go to the COVID innovation section and you can read up on, this, on these initiatives. Uh, you can go through our process. And, we're making, and also what is very important, we're making this information available free to people. If, people, if somebody else wants to, 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 to create their own COVID busters or they want to create mm. their own teacher project, uh, if they want to, to, if they want to uh, create their own tech scout environment, etc., um, we're not charging anybody for that. We are we are making these solutions that's been tested around the world available for free, and therefore we because we are here, all, all of us are, are, are ready to play our part, and uh, and we felt that this is going to be a good contribution to the world in terms of making these things available. So people can go to our website and read up and be in contact with us. We're obviously looking for other people that also wants to collaborate, work with us, etc. On particular governments. Um, so, so yes, um, I want to have a look. Um, Great the man. whole journey is down there, yes, yeah. So, Great, man. Listen, mate, thank you so much for your time uh, this evening. All the best to you and great work that you're doing. Let's see how we can beat this thing and how we can be innovative around it. There was Kuni Middle. Um, as I said, he is uh, the founder of uh, Middle. Um, I, I want to make sure I get the name right, man. <laughs> Middle and Partners. Um, and, you know, giving us all of these uh, platforms and these uh, various attack solutions around COVID-19.